It's my bachelorette party. Mind Gap Podcast. A friend called me. He said, Matt, why rap? Just keep telling jokes because you're pretty good at that. Man, fuck what you say. I do what I feel. I'm in this for the fun, not a fucking record deal. A friend called me. He said, Matt, why rap? Just keep telling jokes, I don't like any of these tracks Man, fuck what you say, cause I feel what I do And if you don't like it, then it's just not for you Oh my god, guys, welcome to Mind Gap Podcast Was that a new uh, intro song, Justin? Uh, sounded like it Yeah, it was, yeah. because our guest, that's his song It's called Why Rap What? And he's got an album out What? You should check it out What? He also does improv What? Eminem and M&M. What? He also does stand-up What? Guys, welcome Matt Baker <laughs> Yes. Thank you guys. Thank you. Yes. Matt, thank you so much for being here. Oh, man. thanks for the invite. I was I was interested in coming right away. So. <laughs> <laughs> that was the most like just casual. Yeah, I was totally. We threw it out to him about a half hour before we hit record. And he's, he's like, like, Yeah, I'll be there. I'll why be the there. fuck not? No, so, I mean it's it's always fun to come on podcasts and just you know shoot the shit. Yeah, like, yeah. I really enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. That's what we do. So Matt, what's uh, what's the name of your album? You uh, Ed Norton hears a who. That's right. Ed Norton <laughs> hears yeah. a who. Awesome. It's kind of hilarious that I'm. It's still a point, a talking point, just because I released it on Leap Your Day of last year. So it's it's still, but you know, it's just still culturally relevant. It's in the zeitgeist. It's, <laughs> <laughs> I remember you know. when it came out. I'm not a, a fan of, of rap or hip hop, as I don't know what you prefer to call your album. But uh, I listened to it. I enjoyed it. I was like, Thanks. this is cool. You're not a fan. I mean, you know what? I don't dislike it, but I don't gravitate to it. Okay. I'm not like you know. There'll be some times like I hear it in a movie. I'm like, ooh, that's a perfect song. For this, or I'm watching Luke Cage right now on Netflix. I forgot that dropped. I gotta go watch that. It's just riddled with some awesome. You know, you got lots of uh, Wu Tang and shit like that yeah. in there. And I'm like, this is perfect yeah. for these situations. It's amazing. So, so you can appreciate it. You just want to seek it out. Yeah, it's never been really my thing. I just, you know, it, there's definitely some good stuff that I don't mind listening to. But um, and there was a there was one that you when we used to work together. You're like, dude, you gotta check out. Oh, this. Dancing with the Devil. Yeah, by Mortal Technique. Mortal such, Technique. It is such a dark song. You know, oh he, he, I remember he wrote it on a post-it, and he gave it to me. He goes, hey, don't listen to this at work. Um, and it's messed up. Like it's, it's pretty. It's like eight minutes, and it's pretty brutal, but I, it tells a really cool story. I remember listening to it, and I came back, and I was like, dude, you are not kidding. Yeah. If you guys aren't familiar with the song, it's about a guy who's basically like trying to get into a gang, right? Yeah, it's about a, a guy who's like basically insecure and wants fame, and he goes about it by entering a gang, but... He snitches on people and he has no respect. So then he climbing the ladder. He joins a more brutal gang and then ends up committing like an absolutely heinous act. And it's, it's just funny because I remember that was right. Like I was like still sort of dating this girl I was dating in college. And I remember like I got hooked on that song. I thought it was really cool when she came and visited. And I'm like, you gotta hear this song. Oh, no. <laughs> you gotta hear this song. No. I know it's awful. And we were like cooking dinner in my studio apartment. And I played it, and like I just like didn't talk, and she didn't talk, and we listened to it. And afterwards, she just like that is so horrible. <laughs> and, and you're like, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it was it's just funny. It's to like reflect. I don't know about you, but I've got a boner right now. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> just put this food away and just yeah. do it. Let's just yeah. do this. Yeah. yeah. Then we just kill the mood. <laughs> yeah, I say if there's any was a mood killer, it would be that song. <laughs> yeah, totally. You don't put that on before boom boom down. Yeah, for real. <laughs> So uh, you're also in an improv group, Eminem and M? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that's been a lot of fun. Um, back when I was doing stuff at the Chicago Improv Den, there was like a thing that was like, you can uh, do a crush show. So if you have like an improv crush on another performer, you can ask them if they want to do a show together. Uh, and my friend Matt Pat and I both had improv crushes on this guy, Mike DeBickero, because he's just a phenomenal actor and he's just really funny. 
and the two of us both asked him, and then we figured out we both had asked the other one, so we just ended up doing a three-person group, and then a three-person show, and then we, after that, it was just, like, immediately really fun, uh, so we've been doing that for about a year now. That's awesome, man. That's really cool. Thanks. That's really cool. And you're also hitting up the stand-up circuit? Yeah, I've been doing stand-up now pretty uh, consistently, uh, multiple times a week since probably, like, March. I had, I had done it earlier in my life, sorry, when I was, like, 20, but I kind of... Uh, I got lost in the improv, the improv cult <laughs> yeah. of Chicago. It really is, you know. Like, it's easy to get lost in. It's, yeah. it's so yeah. easy. It's honestly, you know, I can see why people would get hooked on a religion, you know, because if it was that easy, just to be like, "Oh, I'm welcome to this wonderful community, and I feel so, so great. This yeah. is so much fun. There's so much to do all the time with these people." Right. It's true, yes. and you can map a lot of like Scientology on improv. Oh, 100 percent. There's like L. Ron Hubbard, and there's like. Tell close. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, if you pay more money, you go up in levels. Yeah. You, know, you learn more. That's so true. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah. There was actually a video where they were doing a mock uh, docu- mockumentary about it, like these people that were basically saying how they were part of Scientology, yeah, but yeah. it was improv. Yeah. It's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. It was that's really well done. Yeah. yeah. It was so cool. So that's awesome, man. Where are you from originally? I'm from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. All right. So like the Amish country of Pennsylvania. Right. Nice. That's where the rap influence comes from. That's Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just what did you just say? The rap influence that's uh, from the Amish. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like no matter how much people want to deny it, just the white suburbs of America is where rap, it's where it sells all the rap. Oh, 100%. <laughs> like, because it's know? so different. It's you so different. Not that, but it's like forbidden fruit there, yeah. too. They're like, hey, hey. I don't want you listening to that. Yeah, I get that out of my garage. The first exposure because you got to listen yeah. to it in your garage. Apparently, that's where no, you it's go to true. Hide. It is have to, it has to go down or on a Walkman. <laughs> yep. uh, but I remember the first in, in your basement. Yeah, bedroom. my I had an older brother, and he bribed Sam Nanasinkum, our neighbor, to who recently gave a TED talk. <laughs> what? <laughs> Just like all oh, right, Sam Nanasinkum gave a TED shout talk. out to Sam. Yeah, good work, Sam. Good for you. Um, he convinced him to get the Slim Shady LP. Nice. <laughs> and I don't know how he got it, because he might have been, like, 11. Like, <laughs> like, and my brother was, like, 9, and I was 8, where you're a year apart. And uh, we listened to it, and it was awesome. And there was just, like, this new thing. But then my dad heard it. <laughs> he heard it blaring through the stereo that my brother had purchased from uh, Circuit City. Yes. <laughs> and... Uh, I think I'm pretty sure my dad just beat it with a hammer in the garage. <laughs> That's hilarious because I know my when I was in junior high, like I grew up in rural Missouri, so like it's same thing. Like rap was huge with everyone. They're like, oh yeah, dude, you know, Chronic by Dr. Dre, Doggy that's Style. That's hip hop, first off. Yeah, whatever. God damn it. <laughs> not whatever. There's a... no, that's rap. No, it's not. Well, what's the difference? Hip hop is more about the culture and about the feel and about the it's it's about the, the the culture and the community rap is more about just your straight up self-promotion is that matt back me up is that uh, right or is he just making shit up there's i i don't distinguish as much between rap and hip-hop as i do an mc and a rapper okay and i think i think it mirrors the same thing like an mc embodies his lyrics an mc like uh can freestyle an mc is like all about the culture all about uh the artistry of it having like profound and compelling lyrics and whereas rap is more of the self uh aggrandizing rap that's like kind of to reify itself and to be enjoyed but it's not like this is really pretentious but like an mc is like a student of hip-hop whereas a rapper just like is about commercial gain that is exactly how it classified <laughs> okay <laughs> I disagree, and I don't have any reason to disagree. <laughs> but I'm like, I don't know, no, no, because I know they were they would consider themselves rap. Maybe it's reclassified since then. 
but who who would consider themselves rap? I'm pretty sure Dr. Dre and uh, absolutely Snoop. not. Watch any interview with them. Dr. Dre is completely immersed. They were in on Death Row culture. Records, man. That's where they were like, yeah, yes. we'll, we will watch West Coast I will rap. Sh- we'll ha- we'll continue this off mic. West Coast rap <laughs> versus East Coast rap. You we'll know, continue this off mic. Oh wow, <laughs> I'm in trouble. I just like I'm, I'm just, gonna bring Milos in here. I'm just he's pic- gonna lay some yeah. shit down on you. All right. I'm just picturing aliens above, just zeroing down on these three white, <laughs> three white dudes. I guess we are the worst people the to paint this. Like, yeah. no, this is rap. <laughs> like, no, this is hip hop. <laughs> and then the aliens are like, "This is why we don't visit this planet, guys." Yeah. So, what came first, hip hop or rap? Hip hop. Okay. Hip hop came from jazz, which came from rock. Came from so it was like jazz, and then it was rock. And well, then from blues, like, bluesish, yeah. yeah blues-ish. And then from there, it came. Came uh, people started sampling rock, like guitar and beats and stuff. And from there, like poetry emerged. Well, and where's R and B fitting with all that? That's kind of like an earlier that came before all that too, right? Yeah, I, I'm not quite sure. I don't know like sophisticated like historical context. I know vaguely that's kind of the yeah. uh, the evolution of the music. Gotcha. I should know this. I was, uh, you know, I got my master's in music, you know, supervision. Yeah, what the fuck, Doug? I wrote a paper on, like, the evolution of, of rap, you know, like, where the first, like, rap song came from, you know, which, you know. I feel like was, there was a dance. Yeah, that was, like, DJ, DJ gang, right? Cool Herc was, like, like the. DJ Cool Herc. I think it was DJ Herc or DJ Cool Herc, one of the, it was one of those two, and he basically did a. That sounds made up. No, I'm dead serious. <laughs> I, I did a paper on it, and <laughs> so it's published somewhere. Um, <laughs> may ha- it may have some note, you know, some sites sources from Wikipedia. I don't know. It was back when Wikipedia was okay. I think it's DJ Cool Herc, and he basically like was doing block parties and stuff like that. And he was the first person to like DJ, and then he would start rapping over it, and people were like, "What? This is really cool." They said it just like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's saying things over the music. <laughs> and then I knew a guy who was like, who said that Blondie was the first time that rap was invented. And I was like, "You don't ever say that to anyone ever." <laughs> Because With Blondie, you, yeah, you know that, blonde, like that, that that song. Girls uh, just want to have fun. No, that's Cindy Lauper. Who's Blondie? I don't know. I can't. Do you know what song I'm talking about? Um, I the one song you're talking. I I I don't. I can't. Uh, uh, there's like there's a song where like she she raps in the middle of it, and and he was like, oh, this is this is the first rap yeah. that ever happened. I was like, you shut your mouth. I'm pretty sure the someone first, will yeah. hurt you if you keep saying that. Goes like no, no, no. I'm like no, 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 no. Don't <laughs> just don't say that anymore because you will get hurt. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm pretty sure the f- I want to say the first rap song is like that song by the Sugar Hill Gang. Yeah, it's I like, think that oh, was what the- you hear is not a test. Yes. That one. I don't even know what it's called, but yeah, it's um, uh, it's um, ra- not rappers. oh, rappers delight. I was like rappers paradise. Nope, yeah. that's not it. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's kind of credited as the first. Yeah, I think that was the first know. like real commercial sort of like oh yeah cool, but yeah, but also like you can't like the Harlem Renaissance for example. If that mm-hmm. didn't happen, that wouldn't rap would not be a thing exactly. Like in the beatnik poetry era as sure. well. Like so, there was so many influences upon the culture. So it's interesting to yeah. like. Now it gets distilled into like racial culture, and it's weird, like saying how like like I've had people, very small fractions of people, like imply heavily that I like appropriated black culture by making a free album for everyone to enjoy. <laughs> and I'm like, like no, uh, I, no. maybe technically, but I mean, I didn't, you know. I, I, don't know. I mean, I think that falls into, uh, and again, I feel like we are. We- we we are probably three people who don't have a very wide uh, 
view on this on this topic, but I feel like that... We talked about the election last week. We can talk about this. We're sure, good. that's the same thing. Yeah, right? <laughs> We're qualified to talk about both of these topics. No, I think it... I think it, it that falls back into that crosses the line back into art and is is art owned by one you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i feel like art art is there for anyone regardless of race sex creed you know age height color, whatever it is like it doesn't matter like art is there to be appreciated to be made and to be consumed by anyone who wants to so i i i under, i totally understand uh the uh you know appropriating you know different things from different cultures and I understand the argument against that, but like when it comes down to something like that, where it's, I, I think that falls back into art, and I don't think that's owned by anyone. Well, not that I mean, it's it's what you're inspired by. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, right. Like Jesus, you know, half the shit I think of for stories is just like, oh yeah, I watched Star Wars recently. That's on my mind. Oh yeah, I just watched you know this. I'm like, that's that's <laughs> also going to influence this. I like Stephen King. Blah blah. You know, it's like your influence. It's like stand up. A lot of times when people start out, they try to do or emulate. They're idols in, in comedy, and they realize that's probably not the best thing. How they but, find their own voice. That's how yeah. they find their own voice. They're doing the voice of someone else that they know. They're like, oh, this is good. This is their cadence. This is their type of joke. And I'm like, hey, as long as you're not stealing people's shit and pretending it, you know, that it's yours, like, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being inspired and putting something out there. Yeah. yeah. I have no problem with that at all. Well, it also, yeah, it, it, this is a line with, like, for example, like, you know, the whole going back to like how jazz and then like rock kind of ripped off from jazz. Like that's yeah. an appropriation, I think, because yeah. that's something that right. where the credit was not given. Sure. Yeah. But like everything that I've done, but like is more, if anything, like an homage. Like, you know, sure. like this is a culture that uh, I've really enjoyed and invested in and was a part of my youth and growing up. And yeah. it was really cool to like make a project that involved all of those elements, you know? Right. So, sure. I don't. It was never an issue or like something I feel compelled to like have a passionate conversation about. It just yeah. it was a, as a little side note on of the fringes of the whole process, and it's yeah. just funny to discuss. It, it wasn't like you're like guys. I just invented something brand new. Yeah, check right. it out. Right. And Norton, here's a who. It's unique. You've never heard anything <laughs> like it. No one has rhymed. Uh, no one has ever done this before. This it it's gonna blow your mind, and someone's gonna be like. It's like when Tom DeLonge from Blink-182 was like, he started Angels and Airwaves. He's like, this album is going to change the world. I'm like, no, it sounds like U2. <laughs> it sounds like a U2 album. Right. It doesn't, you shut the fuck up. You right. can do anything unique. It's not the best rock album. I'm like, oh, fuck yourself. Go chase aliens, you asshole. Sorry. Oh, yeah, like, Tell that us guy. how we yeah, really feel. Guy. Okay. Yeah. Guy's fucking cuckoo. Jeez. Cuckoo, cuckoo, crazy bananas. Doug's, Doug's actually standing, like, he's got his arms crossed. He's, he's getting to the point where my, he's my like. My back hurts, so I'm just, this is more comfortable. My back hurts. My back hurts. My back hurts. My back hurts. Hey, the giggles. Jesus. <laughs> Sorry. Just a bunch of, what What are we doing? What happened? <laughs> guys, we you, just lose You power. are in a weird space tonight. I'm in a weird space tonight. So, guys, since we're talking about, you know, old stuff, legacies, am I right? Yeah. What do you want to leave behind? You still behind? got it, kid. I still got you it. still got it. I, th- I pride myself on doing terrible segues. Into <laughs> That's the, fine. You know, I've been doing it for like the past 10 episodes. I'm like, I'm sticking with it. That's ten? great. It's probably been more than 10, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah, you're yeah. probably right. This I've is never, episode yeah. no, this is 61, so yeah. I think, yeah, it's been a few more than 10. <laughs> I don't, I've never really heard a sophisticated disguise segue before. Yeah. You know? Like, just get it out there. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, 
Look, yeah. do a hard left turn yeah. and just get into the time. It's just a very loose connection to it. I'm like, yeah, hey, we're talking about old shit that people left behind. Legacies, yeah. right? right? What do you want to leave behind? Huh? Speaking of Dr. Dre and Snoop, man, they Woo. left a musical legacy, didn't they? Yeah. Speaking of legacies. Hey, that's ow. the topic for today. Woo! Now, Justin, I know this is something you're fascinated with. Yeah, it, it's it's something I brought up a while ago to do a topic on uh, on this <clears throat> show about because I've I've often thought about what if if I am going to leave a legacy behind? Because I it's it's just an interesting uh, way of thinking about when like leaving something behind that people will remember you for you know for eons you know for doing and it's just is it the the couple things I wanted to kind of crack open is is it because you a lot of times you see it. Uh, attributed just to males, right? They're like, you know, what? What's this man leaves his legacy? Like, it's it's a very male um, uh, oriented thought or topic mm-hmm. when it's spoken of in a, in, a, in a larger society picture. So, just from a from a masculine standpoint, like, is that something that you know? We'll start there. Is that something that you guys ever think about? Of like, what am I going to leave behind? What do you yeah. think, Matt? Uh, definitely, yeah. definitely. I think part of the reason. I think that way. Like when you first told me his legacy, the first thing I thought was like my both my grandparents. Mm-hmm. Like both my grandpas were like just out of this world. Like you know, made uh, a lot of money f- when it was really really hard. Like the son of immigrants, like doing the whole that whole thing, mm-hmm. and just they've like my life has been significantly improved from the work they put in in like 1943. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right, right. And then it's like since that pressure like fell on the men of the family and less like my. Mom's one of six, and my dad is one of my mom's one of seven, and my dad's one of six. It's a big family, yeah. And all the males have kind of gone on to you know do pretty incredible things. Um, not that I'm not sure like what that necessarily says about it. There might be a microcosm of like you know different societal oppression or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But like it is something I've thought about a lot. Like I just want to more than anything like. Um, if I were to have offspring or whatever someday, like I definitely want their lives to have been improved by my presence on the earth rather than the opposite. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I like looking at it from the aspect of like what it, what have you done to leave this place better than when you came in? Like that's 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 something as I've as I've gotten older, that's I've shifted my way of thinking about because then there's still part of me that that for a while I, I I was very heavy on this and then it's slowly starting to go away, but I'm still very. It worries me, like the thought of like when you die, if you haven't created or left something significant, you are a fleeting memory. Like you know, Steve Jobs, mm-hmm. someone who left behind a legacy. Like yeah. love or hate Apple, you know who Steve Jobs is, and you're gonna know who that is for a long fucking time. Mm-hmm. Like so, he's kind of solidified himself. You look at you know, uh, you know Mahatma Gandhi. You look at you know from different you know d- different you know Mother Teresa, like different uh genres or different realms of like of of existing and what you're doing like these people have solidified that people will know that they existed and that they were here i guess the thought of fading into obscurity and just being a blip on the radar that no one ever remembers existed on a more ethereal standpoint scares the fuck out of me on the great bathroom wall of life you want to make sure that you have a, a what, little note justin was here yeah, yeah. You <laughs> exactly sure yeah. That someone could see it yeah i mean i don't know it's like I, I I've I've thought about that as well. It's kind of I just feel like that's something in a way that almost isn't decided by you, even like you know what I mean. Yeah, so, I got that. Yeah. But like I think the more not to just steer back to me real quick, but like um I'm going to uh, <laughs> <laughs> too late, bitches. I'm doing. Well, like for example, the way the first thing I thought of. So like my like my grandpa 
uh, my mom's dad. He was the chief of medicine of two hospitals in Philadelphia. Jesus Christ, that's awesome. And yeah, um, and he like worked at a pharmacy. Like was his dad was an Italian immigrant and put himself through school and all that stuff. And he put my mom and all her uh, brothers and sisters through grad like undergrad, grad school, Jesus all that stuff. Jesus Christ. And he passed away in 2013. And we went into his like uh, his study area, and he had scrapbooked all his achievements, and never my parent, my mom didn't even know the extent of his success. Like really, he, yeah, he uh, was a president of the board of obstetrics for the whole country. So if you wanted to be an OBGYN, you had to take a test that my grandpa wrote. Wow! And wow. his own children didn't even know that. Wow. And like, like that was like I was that was a very profound moment for me because I was like, I am an asshole. Like, <laughs> like, like this, this man, glory. this man literally achieved the top of his field, like the right. top, the pinnacle of success within his within his field. And I bragged to my friends when I beat them in FIFA. Like, <laughs> like, dear God, I am such an asshole. And it was a pretty, I liked, I, I think it was a transformative moment. And that's more of a legacy that, like, appeals to me. Yeah. It's like, because that had just such an impact on me as a life. And, like, the people I love and the people whose lives I've touched, I think that's a much more realistic, like, great. If I'd, all, I'd love to write my name on the wall, of, you know, like, the bathroom wall of the world. But, like. I will settle for a much smaller portion, like I'd yeah. like on my family's bathroom wall, like, yeah. <laughs> like, right, right, like right. in a large chunk rather sure. than you know what I mean. Yeah, for me, it's like I always thought about it on the grand scale. I kind of link it back to the I consider it a guilty pleasure movie, but Troy, starring Brad Pitt. Oh yeah, at the beginning of that movie, he meets with his mom. You know, he's trying to decide whether or not he's going to go to you know invade Troy, and she's like, you know, well, you have two options. One, you don't go. Uh, you'll meet a lovely woman. You'll have a wonderful, happy wife. Your you life with her. You have plenty of kids. Uh, but when you die, only your family will remember you, and eventually your name will be lost to time. But if you do go to Troy, uh, you'll have incredible glory. Um, but you will die um, before your time. But you will be remembered forever. And he, based on that, he decides to go to Troy. I was looked at it in that sense. I was like, I don't want to remember, be remembered forever. I was like, I don't. No, that's fine. Because people are probably going to get it wrong anyway. Like, I would love to go back and talk to Achilles and be like, yo, what's Achilles really like? Right. What was he really like? You know, was he just good for that time? Or was it like a really good PR thing that lasted throughout the ages? Right. You yeah. know, where it's like, oh, my God, someone <laughs> draw this out on an urn and then tell the story about Achilles. Yeah, he had a wonderful publicist. You know, like he just he found a way where someone was just finally like nailed that perfect story yeah, that yeah. was recorded. They're like, oh, Beowulf, dude, this guy, so amazing. He's killing freaking demons and shit. It's like, probably not. He's probably fighting bears, but yeah. whatever. Right. You okay. know. They looked like demons. Oh, my God, yeah. man. Woo. You know, so. But for me, like in a similar fashion with you, Matt, um, my dad uh, is, a, is, a, is an amazing track coach, a collegiate track coach. Um, he coached – he's been coaching – God, I don't know. He coached almost his entire life, probably 30, 35 years. And he had – whenever you go into his office, you just see this wall of athletes that he coached. And he was incredibly humble. Like he never really talked about many of his accomplishments – but you'd always see all these people that had gone to nationals, won national championships. And my favorite one was there was this picture of Ray Armstead with a gold medal from the Olympics because he coached a guy who went to the Olympics and won in 1984 in the 4x4. And that guy would still call our house like once a year around the holidays just to say, hey, just say, hey, it's Ray. Is uh, Coach Cocker in there? And I was like, I thought that was the coolest thing. And just knowing that he has shaped the lives of so many people – 
in his own way. And I, you know, I got to see him coach one time, and I got to see him in his element because at home my dad was usually pretty quiet. He's mm. just kind of whatever. But in his element, I'm like, oh my god, this old guy, this older man is connecting with he just this, lights up, just yeah. lights up, and is connecting with these kids in some way, in shape or form. Like, how do you have anything in common with these kids? Like, I don't. <laughs> but they would. He would get them, and he would, and he knew exactly what to do. He knew how to coach them. And I was like, God damn, that's fucking cool. Yeah. Like, yeah, definitely. You know, he may not be down the annals of history of like, you know, greatest Division two track coaches of all time. But I mean, he's he's won awards. He's gotten great achievements. Um, you know, for that university that he worked for, I know that he'll go in there like sort of Hall of Fame eventually. In fact, I think he already is. Nice. Um, you know, I look at that sort of stuff. I'm like, okay, I'm kind of in the same thing where I'm like, I don't need, you know. I don't expect anyone to be like, I remember Doug Cochran and the great things that he did on Overwatch. You know, <laughs> like, no, I mean, I I just, for me, it's like more, I just want my daughter to be like, yeah, my dad was a goofy bastard and I liked hanging out with him. You know? <laughs> right, yeah. Like, that's the kind of stuff where I have my friends be like, yeah, he was fun. He was a genuine pleasure yeah, to be yeah. around. But I don't expect to, to invent anything that's going to change human history. I don't need to be on the big bathroom wall of life. Like, yeah. I'm okay with, with not showing up there i'm more of like the family bathroom stall i'm okay with that just being like oh yeah that's a weird thing to say like think about a family bathroom stall it just sounds dirty you know what though but it's all all that dirt's connected diapers (laughs) you know clogged (laughs) with diapers and you know everything else that happens in the bathroom you know yeah i mean asking for more i think is very unreasonable and like even the people you named like I can pick apart horrible things that they've done. Of like, course, oh, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. Like, like my dad? No, yeah. Right. <laughs> Your dad was a real shithead. <laughs> he cheated on his income tax. <laughs> I played a game of Yahtzee with him where I'm, I'm fairly certain he He totally didn't pay for a yeah. McDonald's meal that one time. He just yeah. walked out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and my grandpa, oh, terrible. Uh, although I will say I'm pretty sure my grandpa was a birther. But that was like... <laughs> But he was like 86 when it's that, like, you know yeah. what I mean? You can't hold that against him. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. right? and I just didn't ask about it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, Grandpa, look, we both understand where you yeah. sit on this. Just let's, I love yeah, you yeah. just the same because yeah. you're a good guy. I'd but rather not know. Let's, yeah. not, let's not talk about it. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, I don't, I don't feel the need to, to be something that, I don't know. And again, that goes with my fear of being... Right, you know, something viral happens Your to perpetual me. Perpetual fear of yeah that I don't have any control over, and the mob mentality is like, oh, here's this guy who's in the limelight, and we're gonna just completely dissect his past and find right. everything good and bad about him. I'm like, no, I don't want that. Yeah, I don't want Doug Cochran being, you know, googled like, oh, on this day, Doug Cochran was the reason why World War Three broke out. You know, like I don't know, nope, I'm good, <laughs> I'm cool. I'm cool with that. What, okay, what do you, what I want to know? Let's diverge. Here. Let's go, let's go down the quick mind gap. What would you have to do to create World War Three? Because well, I, I want to see the scenario. I was play thinking out. more of the vein of like World War One. You know, when Archduke, you know, Franz Ferdinand decides he wants to go for a fucking sandwich, and uh, you know, because he diverted, he was driving through the town that day, and this group of assassins was going to try and get him, and it was foiled. And the, the guy that actually assassinated was walking around. He's all pissed off, and he went to get a sandwich. Fucking Archduke Franz Ferdinand. Drives up to the fucking same sandwich shop and he's like, "Cool, I got this." Blam, World War One starts. Now I'm not saying I would do that, but just like that guy's in the annals of history of like, "Fuck you," bam, got it. Like I don't, you know, now what would I have to do to start World War Three? I don't know, man. 
I got pot belly earlier, and yeah. everything's great. <laughs> pot belly <laughs> is fantastic. So mine no. got brought to you by pot belly. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, World War Three, and World War Three. No, it is interesting to see how what has a domino effect, and like the coolest thing about like Marxism, for example, is like looking at humans as historical beings. Like for ex- like the like France, for example, like they stormed the Bastille and created a revolution. Like literally, like you know what I mean. And France is forever changed. So it is interesting how like a group of individuals or one individual can really offset the course of history. But yeah. well, I mean, right now the uh, you know the, the president of the Philippines. I don't know if you guys have followed the international news at all, but that guy, Philippines, has been a long term ally of the U.S. And this guy's fucking cuckoo bananas. He's basically like. He was the mayor of a town, and his whole thing was if anyone's using drugs or selling drugs, he fucking kills them without any sort of judge, jury, whatever. He just murders them, and that he got sense. and he got <laughs> just elected like in a landslide to be the president of the country, and he's like saying originally he wanted like 100,000 dead. Now he's saying he wants 3 million dead. Holy shit. So he's basically like just killing people in the street. And, like, putting signs there that said this person was doing this, like, just so it's like, strikes fear into everyone. He basically, and the U.S. was like, yeah, we're not cool with that. And he's, <laughs> like, he's, like, calling Obama. He's, like, you know, fuck you. Like, he's swearing at him. Like, he's, like, no, fuck you. Seriously? Yeah. yeah. He's, like, you know what? I don't even know if I want to even be your ally anymore. I want Maybe I want to be with China and Russia. And that's a huge deal because yeah. that's where, <clears throat> like, the U.S. has their base of operations for, like, the southeast you know, like, you take that away, Jesus, the dude. next closest place is Hawaii, you know. I mean, I got to say that that's, A, that's awful. Yeah. B, I get why Philippines would want to be with China. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? That's like fucking West Virginia, like, <laughs> you know, what I mean? like, deciding that they'd rather be allies with, like, Bulgaria <laughs> than, like, New York. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm not saying I agree with the practices yeah. that are going on. Sure. But, like, You're saying, look, look, you know, just... Distance wise, it would yeah. make more sense location, for them to be location, on, location. You know, to be on board yeah. with with that. And it was, and China was <laughs> like, "Yeah, no, cool. In fact, we want to adopt those policies. Go for it. We're all for it." And Russia kind of didn't say no, but they didn't say yes. Russia's yeah. being coy as usual. Russia's like, yeah. eh, "We won't denounce you, but you know, if you're gonna be pissy at the U.S., okay, maybe we'll support you on it." But that's a situation where something could get out of you know, just something little like that. Oh yeah. yeah, this guy, this guy from the Philippines is like, "No, fuck you!" I swear, he he considered himself to be to Hitler himself, like basically thinks it's a good thing. Yeah, him killing the the drug dealers is like Hitler killing the Jews. Like, nice. <laughs> I feel like this guy is gonna die of a pulmonary embolism. I'm calling it right now. He's he's you heard very, it right here. <laughs> he's very very strange. But that's a situation where you're just like, oh yeah, this guy's gonna go down in the annals of history, basically being the catalyst. <laughs> yeah, that's not too far off. I mean, yeah, we've se- we've seen the beginning of this story before. Sure, yeah, yeah. and yeah. then you take into account like yeah. whoever becomes president here and what yeah. happens. You know, if, if Trump's, it could go know, one way, it could go a very different. I mean, way. if yeah. it's Trump, he's just like, hey, I'm not going to take anyone bullying me. He's going to just start Twitter war with him, and then it turns into a real war. Yeah, well, I think he would embrace it personally. Part of it, but at the same time, he's like, if oh, Philippines are trying to get up with Russia. I think Trump would be like, no. Nah, See what's up. He'd just be like, "Yeah, you uh, you can't talk to us that way. You can't talk to me that way. Fuck you. You're a loser." <laughs> well, you have to keep in mind that so we get the, we got the string from the Philippines as dictator. We got Donald Trump, and if you put them together, you realize that they've both been coached by Doug's dad. And <laughs> <laughs> That's where it is. That's how I start World War Three. <laughs> so again, your dad's a shit. <laughs> John Cochran. <laughs> no, we love you, John Cochran. Yes, You're not a shithead. 
Absolutely not. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, that kind of... That... <laughs> I don't even know how we get back into here. Left turn. So yeah. legacy. So right? guys, yeah. legacy. What are we leaving behind here? No. Um, Besides the trail it, of dead bodies. One of the things I wanted to talk about uh, was the uh, the concept of how much is enough. Like what is? And you guys kind of touched on that. Like what what defines a legacy? Like for you guys, like what is it? Is it just again like that you've touched a few people's lives and that you remember it in a very small circle? Does it like for you guys the definition of like what is a legacy to you? I feel like it's like in a couple parts. Like, I do think you can't. Like, I do think there's a monetary aspect to it. Mm-hmm. Like, there's. Uh, I don't know if it's because of the like the privilege or like the upbringing that I enjoyed. It wasn't anything you know out of the ordinary, but I didn't want for anything. And like, that's a standard of living I hope to like provide for um, you know my children if I were to have any. Um, and I, but I think also like spiritually, like kind of like. Uh, the next generation has been like has been influenced by me in some way, whether on a mi- macro or micro scale, with a sort of essence that was like an aspect of my personality that like I don't know was re- reflected in them. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like and then yeah. So I guess like kind of like there's a monetary value, there's a spiritual value, and I just like I don't know like maybe just like a familiar or f- <laughs> philosophical value as well. I can't really articulated that well but like simply put i just kind of feel like a monetary value and a spiritual value and mm-hmm. i don't know which one's more important because like you don't want to say money at the same time like it's affording me just such like i'm in chicago now basically because like my grandpa in 1943 so like you can't ignore that aspect yeah um yeah so that's kind of my answer yeah i i had uh you know we weren't wealthy by any means but we were definitely middle class and i didn't really have any time where i was like uh oh, we can't pay the electric bill this month or anything like that. I mean, no. I felt you know fine. I always felt comfortable, so um, you know it allowed me the ability to focus on school, focus on sports, as opposed to like, oh my god, I'm going to be able to eat tomorrow. You know, like I didn't have to worry about that sort of stuff. So I would obviously like to afford that same sort of you know level of care to my daughter, and uh, you know, just really for me, I would want you know just kind of. Jump, piggybacking off that just like what I leave behind just being like making sure that my kids are good human beings like I want them to be productive in society um, that's my biggest fear is that some somewhere you know I watched enough episodes of intervention you know they're always like the baby pictures are the, are the best you know I watched enough horrifying documentaries they're like oh they were so great when they were young and then something horrible happens to them and it's just like oh god no what do we do and are you gonna be okay because <laughs> right. of it and, you know, I think everyone worries about that sort of stuff. But yeah. just wanting them to enjoy their lives and, you know, just be, you know, I don't know. I guess just affect them in that way of just, you know, being a good dad. I don't know what that means yet. Yeah. But. Something you're kind of, it's organically, you're figuring it out as you're going. Yeah, very much so. Um, but as far as, like, when it's enough or whatever, my my goals for that are incredibly low. Not because I'm lazy, but just because like <laughs> I have set my sights <laughs> on a very low bar. I just for me, like you and I have always been on the opposite ends of this, but because we talked in a very positive episode about death, and uh, you know the, a while back. But for me, like you know, if I were to die tomorrow, I wouldn't be like no. Well, my Mona de- Lisa! It's not done! <laughs> but you'd be dead. I'd so, be dead. So, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, you, if I was, like, dying... Of course like, you couldn't say that. You, you just know. cut it. Yeah, you'd be dead. <laughs> and if I was, like, dying, bleeding out, knowing that this was the no, end... I, I see what you're saying. I would have... I don't think I would be like, yeah, I would be like, that sucks because I don't get to see my daughter grow up or things like that, but I wouldn't feel like, oh, I haven't accomplished this yet. Yeah. I don't have any, like... 
regrets as far as like, oh my god, I haven't, you know, there's this magnum opus I haven't, you know, created. There's stuff I would like to do, but if I were to die tomorrow, I wouldn't be like, oh. Maybe, yeah, I'm kind of the opposite in a little sense, because like, I just, I genuinely feel convinced that I'm, the career path of comedy and filmmaking is something that I'm, I I think I'm going to be successful, I'm convinced of it, Um, whether it's narcissistic or whatever, I just have this, like, deep feeling it's going to work out. But I have this other. I just know for a fact that it's not going to work out for me, like romantically, <laughs> or like, or like, like who knows, like monetarily or whatever. Yeah. So it's interesting. Like if I was on like my deathbed, I wouldn't be like, oh, like I didn't get to experience love. I'm gonna be like, oh, of course I did it. But then, if I, but, <laughs> but, but that I, makes sense to me. But I would be like, oh, I never, you know, got to release a special. I never got to make my own film. Like I would sure. have that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just because I feel like that's kind of my calling in life, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I feel, I think for me, the, the, I have the same thing where I'm like, I feel like there is this something, this, this something's pulling me to a specific direction. And that's why we started two East eighth and this and that. But there's, there's a part of me that's kind of shifting in mentality where it's leaving, leaving behind a change in the world. And it's, it's kind of that thing of like, leave the place better than you found it. Sure. And you know, some people, you know, leave a change that is, you know, makes it's not great, you know. And I it, changed something. It, there's definitely a change, but like I think for me, the definition of a legacy is making leaving 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 a noticeable change behind in the world, and in, in in again, it, as small as in your family or your group of friends, as large as something on a global scale. But yeah. I think for me, that would be what a uh, a legacy would would how I would define that. Yeah. I mean, say what you will about that dictator. You should take a look at his 400 time. Right. Like- <laughs> <laughs> He's fucking fast, man. <laughs> fucking fast. It's not a war record, but it is a Philippines record. Yeah. I'll no, tell you what. Yeah. That is interesting. I do know what you're saying. Um, I don't know when you, t- I couldn't help but to think of like, have you ever been like hiking on a trail? Yeah. How it's like, uh, it's like a no garbage trail. How you like carry all your, you, whatever you bring in, you leave with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel with like, like in a way. It's like I, at the very least, I hope I don't leave anything. Right, right, right. <laughs> like to clutter the place up. Yeah. yeah. Um. Hopefully, I bring it all back, and you know, the foliage is a little more bright. Right. right, right. <laughs> no, yeah. I think that's a good analogy. Actually, I think that's really good. I just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's not that I don't have like any aspirations to do things. I realize what I just said. I'm like, ah, I'll die tomorrow. <laughs> ah, fuck it. I don't care. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm not as I, I just I'm not terrified of death or anything. I don't. I mean, you know, if you're like Doug, you're gonna get eaten alive tomorrow. I wouldn't look forward to that. But like, you know, <laughs> sweet. I, oh boy, it's over. You know, but you know, I, I don't. I'm not afraid of like the, the actual death itself, like that being over. I'm like, no, it's 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 how that's part of life. And if someone was like Doug, we've got a way to make you immortal. I'd be like. Ass, don't want it. I, I, me, I don't want to live forever. I would lose my mind. I would not want to do that. I yeah, just, I want this to end at some point. I need it to end at some point. So, that being said, there are definitely some things that I would like to do. You know, I do have some uh, creative outlets that I need to explore, and things like that that I feel like I need to explore. And just you know, I don't know. As lame as it sounds, I just enjoy living every day. You know, and, and just kind of appreciating every day as much as I can. Yeah. In that sort of sense, so that way I'm like, cool. I'm trying to get the most out of this. You know, it's easy to just kind of become the drone that's like going to work. I'm on the train. I'm getting off the train. I'm walking to work. Like I try to be like, hey, I live in a fucking city with the beautiful skyline. Like, look at these buildings. Like, this yeah. doesn't exist everywhere else. Right. Like, totally. I, you know, like, or just like, hey, there's a lake. There's there's water out there. There's, 
just great things like that happening where I'm like, yeah, take make sure you don't take this for granted because this isn't everywhere. This isn't always, you know, happening. Like soaking, just soaking it in moment by yeah. moment and experiencing it as you're and not as doing it's happening. And not doing it with my fucking iPhone either. I'm just, you know, <laughs> letting my brain record <laughs> yeah. the moment, totally. yeah. not the phone. So. No, I definitely agree with that. My whole thing is like I'm kind of an anxious person who's in like I have a pretty active stream of consciousness, you know. Mm-hmm. So when I'm like. I have those moments all the time where I'm look, I'm on the train back and I'm going through the skyline, you know, coming from Pencil, like rural Pennsylvania to then sure. going to Vermont for college and now being in this big city for the first time. I'm like very like, oh, like I have those moments like Kinda Candy Story, very grateful. But I have like this other layer of like just narration that's like this is a mo Like it's not a genuine me being like, oh, like this of being truly present. I'm still like behind it, commenting on it. Does that make sense? Oh, 100%. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I have an extremely active imagination to the point where I'm like, I'll be listening to it. This week it's happened where I was listening to a podcast and I had to shut it off because I'm not listening because gears are turning up here and I'm thinking of shit and I'm like, I no, I'm not just going to sit here and let this podcast run because I want to listen to it and I'm not listening to it right, right. now. So let's listen to my brain just churn out whatever it's doing. Yeah. <laughs> what is on the commute? What do you find when, when that happens more often? Is that like, is it a critical thought or is it oh, no. creative or like what, where, when your mind does that, where does it go? It's, I call it goes to Dougland. Jill knows what that means. I'll just like, you know, like JD and Scrubs just yeah. looking off like wherever it goes. Most of the time, yeah, right. Most of the time, I'm just thinking of stories, like just, oh, yeah. uh, you know, just content, yeah. you know, stories that I hopefully will maybe just write down an outline for. I've been doing that a lot lately, thankfully. But I just think of stuff like that. It becomes very vivid at times where I have to stop what I'm doing to like focus on it, to let it like work itself out. And then there's other times where it's like it'll kind of be there. And yeah, it's like I can push it to the yeah. side, but there's other times I'm like, no, I've got something. <laughs> hold too. on to it. Doug will hang up on someone at work and just. Be I'm like, like I will hold on, <laughs> I've got to talk. I got to think about this sci-fi scene I'm thinking of. You know, well, uh, do you ever do that when like people are talking to you all the time? Yeah, me too. And it's like awful. I was just there, and then I was <laughs> like, that happens to me. Like where people are talking to me, and then I'll do this thing where they'll say something like, it could, no matter what it was, no matter how wonderful or terrible it could possibly be, at us, I'll just go. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, and we're back. I genuinely wasn't paying attention. I was thinking about similar things. <laughs> I do that a lot. I used to do it all the time in school. I was really bad at school. I daydream a lot. And, you know, sometimes when I... I was terrible at that in school. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. really, really bad. And I just... I the Recently, uh, in my training role, I had to audit the whole new hire like training process. So I had to go to every single training class, and most of which I'd already been through and already knew. So I'd go to a class where I knew I could zone out, and I was just like, I just went. I was like, let yourself go. You do not need to focus on this. You're okay. But then there's other times where I'm like, no, you have to pay attention. This is this one you have to pay attention to. My brain's like, oh, do we have to? Yeah. Like, yeah, well, you do. Well, you don't know this. <laughs> I got a buddy who has been on here before, and it's the, I do another podcast with. Uh, his name is Milos, and we used to call it Milositis. <laughs> and when we, because we lived together for a few years, so you'd be talking to him, and he'd be doing that. He'd be actually like nodding, and like sometimes, like actually, like it wasn't like full responses, but auditory, like, huh, huh, and like he'd be dead looking you in the eyes, and you would be convinced that he was there. <laughs> and then you'd be talking Little for like you know. five minutes and he'd go, yeah, I didn't hear a word you said. <laughs> <laughs> like he'd snap out of it. It was the weirdest. Where would he thing. go? He would. I, I don't honestly don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it was just like 
you know, resin residue that was just like, you know, yeah, like, unplugged for a little bit. I don't know what it was. It's probably man, like, yeah. oh, it's the holidays. I got to call Coach Cocker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. That's right, man. I got to talk to him. You got to call Coach Cocker. Yeah. Shit. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Coach will be pissed. Is he a Greek guy? Is Serbian. He? Serbian? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. For some reason, I equate Milos with Greek. Yeah. No, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're all in the same area, right? Yeah. Same, yeah. It's all Milos, Serbian, Greek, Bosnian, whatever. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Nice. He's also Russian. Yes, exactly. Yeah. His dad's name is Slobodan. Slobodan. You don't fuck with that dad. Slobodan. Yeah. Did your dad and Slobodan know each other? No. No? John Guy Cochran did not know Slobodan. No. His middle name was Guy. Mm-hmm. My, really? It's funny... Uh, <laughs> My gra- my um, great grandpa, so mm-hmm. the grandpa I've been talking about, his dad, his name was Guy, but it was Italian, so it was Guido. <laughs> so his name, my great grandpa's name is Guido de Macy. <laughs> that, that's about as Italian as you get, right? Dude, that's yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah. Hey, it's a Guido de Macy. I feel like people of that generation, that do you think legacy has started to taper off as we've gotten like like our generations? That's coming a great up? question. Because like I feel like people like. Like like your great like Guido. What was the last name again? <laughs> DeVacy. Guido DeVacy. Like I feel like he was like I must have a legacy. Like that oh, was yeah. very like ingrained in like what is your legacy? And hmm. the, I just feel like the word legacy was so important. And each generation, I'm wondering. It feels like it's starting. Even though I still have the thoughts, it I definitely know it's not as ingrained as it was for my my you know ancestral predecessors. Yeah. Um, here's my thing on that real quick. Uh, no, cool. Um, one thing that I think relates to it somehow is, so for example, women for, you know, thousands of years, probably, and definitely up until like very recent times, they were socialized as the homemakers. And that has since been debunked. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a misogynistic view to hold that that's how a woman's agency should be defined. I still think that men's relation like is agency is very much defined by like workload and legacy and like the words we've been throwing out today. I think now it's starting to change yeah. a bit and they're inhabiting more of like a domestic sphere as well and finding importance in that, but I do think like it kind of rests on that like a patriarchal view of like I have to like kind of maintain the status quo within my own life and have it reflect in the next generation. I feel like in terms of like a societal level, it yeah. could it definitely will be diminished. But in terms of like an individual level, I feel like that you can't really say, right? Yeah. I was going to say that I think um, because of the cultural differences now, like early 1900s, whatever, or like, you know, in the 1940s when immigrants were coming over, different time, different economy, like things just... There wasn't a ton of free time. And nowadays, it's like there's so much free time. There's so much room for entertainment. Um, I feel like culturally, we're just in a completely different place. So I feel like before, it was like survival. My legacy is that I will provide for my family. I will provide the best that I can so that my family will will be okay. And they will be able to move on from there. I don't – in my perspective, I don't have that. I'm not like, oh, my God, I have to, like, survive. It's like – do I have enough money to take improv classes this month? Probably. Yeah, I could buy this game. <laughs> yeah, it's ten bucks on Steam. No big deal. It's on sale. Yeah, sure. I like tower defense games. Why not? Oh, look, <laughs> I've got Netflix. Luke Cage is on Netflix. Awesome. Like, there's so many of these things where yeah. I don't know if there's the the burning desire to be like I have to. 
like, yeah, I have to legally, I'm required to take care of my daughter. I mean, and I, and I also want to. But um, <laughs> I'm glad that's secondary. Yes, secondary. But legally, we have to put it out there. I am responsible yeah. for. Um, but I don't have this like, oh my god, I need to like, I have to just make sure that everything's okay because I'm like, we're gonna be okay, right? We're yeah. gonna be fine. I must build something. I must create something. Sure. I must, yeah. Or the idea of like, man, the you know, during the depression or whatever, like Rockefeller or people who are like, I'm going to, you know, or Scrooge McDuck, if you will, you know, when we talked about him not that long ago, you know, he's smarter than the smarties and sharper than the sharpies, you know, a guy who was swindled and he came back and he made all of his money and he was like, I'm gonna still not voting for I'm, him. We had an episode where we oh, had to pick Trump. our pick our fictional characters oh. that we thought would be good presidents. Okay, and I picked Scrooge McDuck as one of them. So, but, just to, just to play devil's advocate, or you generally believe that Scrooge McDuck? Would be- I had a pretty compelling case. Justin didn't buy it, but okay, <laughs> you guys can check out that episode. It's a good one. Yeah. Um, but I, I just feel like the the desire to be like I have to. Um, and it, there's definitely you know the idea of being successful today. It's just different in different ways. Right. But I feel like, you know, it seems almost like I don't know, like an accessory or a casual thing now. I don't know. I, I probably I'm I am talking out of my ass. But it just it just seems like I see what you you're know, saying. You know, it's like I feel like the need to do that isn't as strong. Yeah. I well, totally agree. Well, I also feel like two things. Like there's a quote that from Thirty Rock, which I want to share because it's so <laughs> relevant. He like Alec Baldwin is I think I forget how exactly it goes, but this is roughly what he says is that the first generation comes over and works the land. The second generation builds it up. The third generation windsurfs and takes improv classes. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that yeah, um, yeah. said so something like that and it made, made me laugh. But also, keep it. I feel like we have to keep in mind though all the expenses that come into account now. Mm-hmm. Like all the stuff that I have to pay for as like a young adult is, I feel like insane. Like yeah. at a phone bill every month, you yeah. know, like all the utilities, the internet, mm-hmm. like these are expenses, and like a college education that has been subject to enormous amounts of like um, inflation. Inflation. Whereas like my ste- I have st- step grandparents, my step grandma, uh, she went. She was telling me uh, I saw her a couple years ago, and she was telling me she went. She went to Columbia. She took a class for nine dollars. Yeah. Granted, nine dollars is a lot more than sure. you know. But the difference between the minimum wage then yeah. and the minimum wage now, the the it, there's a huge gap now than there was back then. Yeah. So I feel like if you were on the right side of that, it was a little bit like I want to think a little bit easier. Maybe right. not. Well, college I, was yeah. a premium back then too. Yeah. Whereas now it's become like everyone has the to have standard. a college degree. Right. Yeah. Which you would still think that was where you can't answer a phone. Yeah. <laughs> which <laughs> is bullshit. And you don't would, even yeah. get me started on that. And you would think that. If it was if it was such a high commodity, or I would say if it was such a luxury item that it would cost more, versus now if everyone's going, that would supply would increase, and laws of economics would say that would bring the price down. But that's false. Okay, so yeah. this is where I'm going to call bullshit on college educations <laughs> because in college they teach supply and demand in econ classes, and they can go fuck themselves because they're disproving the theories they're fucking teaching. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely <clears throat> it's crazy, man. Like I. Uh, when I was rapping pretty hard when I first moved here, <laughs> moved here, I would I would go to various open mics, various different cipher sessions. There was this one guy I met named Epic, and I, I did a classic basic bitch line of like rhyming college with knowledge, and he just went on this ra- awesome tangent freestyle about how college was a pyramid scheme, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was just like, it's yeah, you're right. <laughs> But, like, I have this degree, and, yeah. like, you're a pizza delivery guy, and I, you know, work in an office and get paid really well, and it's it's a form of discrimination. Like, no. <laughs> Well, not only that, it's like, you know, I guess we'll just mind gap it here a little bit, you know. 
like the trade skills that are in desperate need. I mean, those get neglected. Not only that, but there's this social stigma that if you don't go to college, you're a fuck up. It's true. Like right. you definitely have failed. There. Yeah. And I'm like, because mm, that was yeah. drilled in my head ever since I was a kid. It was like, you're going to college. Oh, totally. You can right. go wherever you right. want. You go to college. You're going to college. It was never once a thing for me to not go to college. And I remember some right. people there like, I'm not going to college. I was like just judging them. Like, oh, yeah, you're definitely. not going to go to college. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do? Or yeah. people would drop out of college and I would just be like, oh, my God. But then I realized I'm like, yeah. This isn't for everybody, and that's okay. Right. This this shouldn't be for everybody yeah. because then you get the situation where we're in now where everyone has a fucking college degree, or there's even some companies that require it. It's like, oh, you don't have a college degree. Mm-hmm. I don't right. care if you have applicable experience. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. It's oh, like, totally. What? That's the thing that kills me is that when yeah. you go in for a job interview and you've got the, the applicable experience – You've got the required, like, yeah, I've worked seven years in this field. And they're like, yeah, but you're not a college graduate. You're like, who the fuck cares? Like, I've been doing this job well. At that point, who gives a shit? Right. It's it's completely irrelevant at that point in time. If you want to say right out of college versus someone who has not been to college for four years and the two of you are going and and, and attacking the same job at the same time, there may be some, some stronger potential. You could probably make an argument for the college graduate. Maybe. I don't know. Depends. Sure. But, I'd say it's a case by case. Yeah, case by case. But if you're looking ten years after the fact, how oh, much yeah. of that? Right. How much of those skills are you still using from fucking college? Right. You I know? am using, z- except for literally in this moment, I'm using zero skills <laughs> from college. I'm, I have a radio degree. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have a degree in English. <laughs> well, so, so you're perpetually using your your uh, degree. Yeah. 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 Well, no. <laughs> what, you're rapping. You're writing lyrics. Well, you're writing uh, jokes, I mean, yes and no. Speaking. Yes and no. I do think. I do think the education received help me set up like you know help set me up for the things i enjoy doing but it just is also hilarious to get like an expensive degree that's dead yeah like <laughs> oh i know yeah but uh two things real quick i do feel like college education though is a big part of our parent generation's legacy like yeah. having children that will go to college Agreed. like it's a big that's part a good of point yeah. and way to bring it back to legacy yeah <laughs> do it do it i do what i can for my community we each had a segue yeah um and then there's also some quote, some douchebag was just like, because I do think trade skills, you know, it's a lost commodity. Like, I am not resourceful at all. Me like, either. I can't fix shit, and no. it's horrible. Um, <laughs> Guido de Macy would I was going to say, what about you? He would be so would mad be at you. so upset with me right now. But anyway, but some guy was like, yeah, I want, like, we need more plumbers and we need philosophy degrees. It's like, well, good thing that people with philosophy degrees can only get jobs as plumbers. Like, you know what I mean? Because, yeah. like, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It just blows That's my mind. Line, yeah. Like, Well, you well here's the thing I'll say, too, because if we're not in an Armageddon situation here, we're not in a Walking Dead situation, like, we have the abundance to explore a lot of things that I would say. Uh, to reference Maslow's hierarchy of needs, where, like, at the very bottom is sleep, eat, you know, survive, and as you go up, the very top is top levels uh, self actualization. Yeah. So we're very high up on that that pyramid of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, where we're very comfortable, we're safe. I mean, totally. the world is definitely not perfect, but it's definitely probably one of the safest it's been in ever. And so we have the luxury to be like philosophy. Let's discover this. Whereas if we were in say a situation where we were at civil war with ourselves fighting all the time, we probably wouldn't be focusing too much on philosophy. We'd be like, who the fuck's going to fix our guns? Yeah. Like, right. who can build a shelter? Who can repair this sort of stuff? Like, who can fortify our position? Like, those are the skills that become important. Yeah. So there's like a direct, you're saying there's a direct correlation between the state of where we are mm-hmm. and what we're, able, what we're focusing on. So exactly. the fact that we don't have plumbers, we have flat, means that we're actually in a pretty decent 
positions in a, from a to a certain level. extent. Yeah, it's like we have oh, yeah. we have the opportunity to look at ourselves and and be like, you know what? I don't identify with one or the other gender. I identify in a different way. Right. You know, I'm I'm gender fluid or I'm non-binary or you know that sort of stuff would not be discussed if zombies were beating down our door. We wouldn't be having that sort of like. What don't you did, say that? What pronoun did you just use? To, to, to talk to me, I'm like, yeah, there's zombies at the door. Like, yeah. we, we, we yeah. have a chance to be like, wait, no, maybe there is a different way to identify other than this. And right. this oh, is I how I feel. And it's like, it gives us an opportunity. Very much in that self-actualization yeah. exactly. We space. Have, yeah. Exactly. Like, Not to say that we still don't need plumbers. We probably still do. Oh, definitely. But for, I, them, I to be, for them to be like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but for someone to be like, we need more plumbers than we need philosophers. I'm like, well, I don't know. Yeah. Are they, is it an apples yeah. to apples comparison? Right. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I absolutely don't think it's an apples. No, I agree. And the whole zombie metaphor is hilarious. It's also like I feel like you know I'm a progressive guy, and it just but like I and that's I feel like we'd still be going that trajectory socially even if there were zombies. So we'd be like creating safe spaces for all of us to die in. <laughs> like, you know. This is a trigger for me right now. This is a real big trigger. It's a trigger for all of us, Mark. Right. There's zombies out there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That stuff is just so like this is how I feel about both sides of the debate on any given social or political issue is this is how I feel about it. Everyone's always like, if you don't think the same way as me, caps lock, then you're part of the problem. It's like like, shut up. Is there any room for nuance in your your, in your worldview? Right. It's like we've talked about before. There's always two sides. Oh, yeah. There's always right. two sides. There's always two options. You have to draw your line in the sand, and you have to choose a side. And I'm like, I don't like white or black. I don't like this. There's got to be a gray area. Oh, totally. There and it has to be. Well, the truth always, I think, lies in between the yeah. part. Like, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Which is why, like, I'm not as quick to – I don't get me wrong. I think Trump and all that shit's bad shit. Mm-hmm. But, like, having a Republican Party – like it polarizes stuff where you can, if you're actually being critical, you can see where they're right at times. Of course, yeah. And like, and like, like for example, like when I watch like conservative, uh, is it pundits? Is that the word? Sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, talk. I actually like them more than liberals because here, here's how it goes. Like the people who are conservative pundits are like sociopaths, mm-hmm. and they're stating like raw facts, and they might they might be lies. They very well could be lies, <laughs> but they're doing it in a way that's like it's an attempt to be objective. Where you have the liberals on the other side, and are like. People are dying, and they'll be like, "You're just chill out, man." Like we're trying to have a philosophical debate about these issues, and they'll be like, "It's not, it's not philosophical for me because you don't know, like you don't know, and like list all this crazy anecdotal experience, like anecdotal mm-hmm. evidence that is, you know, true." But it's just like I just look in the middle, Chris. Yeah, because yeah. like, <laughs> no, th- there's there's room to look at just the numbers, you know, yeah. like like look. If, uh, you know, like, look, guys, we're overpopulated. We need 80% of this world to just go fuck itself right now. Okay? Yeah, right. I'm hoping I'm probably going to be one of those 80% based on the numbers. Okay. But then the, the, the more human side of it is like, okay, which 80% have to go? Oh, yeah. Right. You know, well, yeah. the poor ones. Exactly. No. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> I mean, obviously. You know, but naturally. And, and there's, <laughs> because there's, there's, there's got to be a time where you have to look at that and be like, what's the best decision based on just the numbers? But there's also the human factor of, these are people. These are not Skittles. Right. You yeah. know, these are these are real people that you may have to make a decision on whether or not they live or die. There's no, another way to figure out who lives or dies. Is that in the throwdown? It is. <laughs> oh, that was good. I was hoping maybe we could, I don't want to put you on the spot, oh, so feel free it. to say no. But if do you want to uh, give us a little freestyle uh, intro to the throwdown? All right. All right. Can I get a beat or yeah. is it just... <laughs> 
Throwdown, throws down, throw down, throw down. Whose lines it anyway? Cause this is a hoedown. Call me Colin Mockery, cause I got this mockery. I'm like Ryan with the style, Wayne with the flow. You know how I do it. I'm like Henry David Grow, meets Bill Burr, or Dave Chappelle. Send fucking Steve Carell all the way down to hell. Bring him back, put a penny in a well, cause this is how I fucking do it. I like to do it well. I got a Mac, not a Dell. We're talking Steve Jobs, and I like to steady mob like my boy Lil Wayne. T Pain, how I do? This makes no sense. I'm just coming off the top, cause I'm with my good friends we're having some drinks from bright colored cups you know what i'm saying man this flow's in a rut so i gotta patch it back up and about to spill my guts because these are my fucking thoughts it's coming out the pen i'm with my good friends and just like my pen i'm like a snake to a hen man i'm like harry potter wary joggers in the lane when i'm rooting on my six speed because i ride a bike i don't use the word like the word like that didn't make sense but i don't give a fuck that's just how i fucking do it i like to corn shuck because i'm from pennsylvania i'm insane with the flow, I'm deranged at the show. Just come and hang out on the stage. Here I go. You know how I do. It's your boy Matt Baker. I like the LA Lakers because I'm a big fan of Shaq. And how about Kobe? I ain't talking about the beef. I'm talking about the streets because I'm from the suburbs. You know what I'm saying, man? I got so much words off the dome, off the top. I'm coming hip hop. This is this the throw down. This is how it goes down. Yo, what's up? What's up? Let's hear the topic. Yo, now. <laughs> Dude, that was fucking awesome. <laughs> that was the threat on fucking. Yeah, yeah. We'll never, we'll never top that. Not topping that. Nope. <laughs> I mean, that was really fun. None of it made sense. <laughs> it didn't matter. It doesn't matter. That was awesome. All right, today's throwdown uh, matchup is between two uh, giants of industry. Okay. All right. Royalty versus comedy. We're okay. talking the Burger King. Mm-hmm. Versus Ronald McDonald. Oh, talking about like the like the actual Im- the actual Burger King <laughs> versus the clown Ronald. McDonald. So it's like who who wins in a fight or who 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 gets to die or like basically we're who, like these we'll set the stage as to where the space the, it always goes to space okay, for some cool. goddamn reason. This is like all your horror movies always end up in space. <laughs> yeah. Um. It so we'll set the stage. We'll have to decide. Okay, based on what we know about the Burger King. When we know about Ronald McDonald, who would win? We just have to make an argument for it. Okay. So, uh, Justin, set the stage. Where are we? All right. Uh, <clears throat> they're at a Wendy's, obviously. Naturally. All right. So they are <laughs> – Ronald and, and the king uh, have each come to uh, a Wendy's. And uh, – no, they're at an Arby's. I feel like they would be at an Arby's. Uh, Side note, have you seen the commercials for Arby's recently? Dude, they look. I normally Arby's. I'm like, no. Nah. We have the meats guy. Yeah, yeah. I was like, no. Nah, you know what? I've already pooped today. I don't really need any more Arby's. But dude, they have some like this pork belly. It's called the Smokes Smokestacks Mountain or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's like it looks good. It, the but I'm, Smokestacks I'm, Mountain. But it's like roasted. It's like it's it like sound good. It's like smoked turkey, smoked uh, pork belly, and one other thing. And they just show it. I'm like. I don't know, man. 22-year-old Doug's like, dude, you got to get in on that. And I'm yeah. like, I don't know where an Arby's is, and I think I'm happy about that. There used to be one, uh, Jackson and Dearborn, but it got turned into a Burger King. Oh, I really? went there the other day because I was like, I'm going to do Arby's for lunch because fuck it. And I walked by, I'm like, <laughs> oh, it's gone, man. It sucks. So I, I got Burger best. King instead. Yeah, I've been going hard on the Noodles & Co. recently. Nice. Oh, Noodles & Co. is delicious. They're all right. And not terrible for you. Like, I feel like it's not good. 
but it's it's it could be worse. You heard it here from Mind Gap Noodles <laughs> Company. It's not good. Could be worse. But it could be worse. Could be, <laughs> everything I eat is just not as terrible. Like you know what I mean. I don't eat anything good. I eat things that are not that terrible. That I, I make sense. food decisions that could be worse. Yeah, they're they're actually they're not bad. Yeah. yeah. All right, so all right. Burger King and all right, McDonald's. So they are, uh, <clears throat> they are. Uh, see, I don't even know if I like them at a Wendy's or. An, uh, see, I Arby's. like them at an Arby's because they've seen all these commercials. We're like, we got to see what this is all about. They're going to. Okay, so there it is. So they're coming. They're coming in. They're they're both undercover. They're both incognito because mm-hmm. okay. they both want to do a little recon work to see yeah. what the competition's got going yeah. on. Right? Yeah. Their commercials a little stale. Arby's is 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 connecting with the millennials, as you as one might say. <laughs> okay. So uh, they both. Uh, so they they're both in their uh, their undercover garb. They go and they see, maybe they order something, and they're like, you know what? To really find out what's going down and to get some get some dirt, I gotta go check out the garbage. Cause every you, you find you find you find shit. You find everyone, the thing they don't want you to find, it's in the garbage, right? So they both separately make their way out. They're by a little little area that's like fenced in behind the fast food joint with the dumpsters. They both find their way in there. Ronald is already in. He's in the dumpster. It's closed, and he's picking through the garbage. He's got a little pen light in his mouth. And Burger King comes in, and he opens the lid, and they both see each other. Go. That might be the most specific That's we've very, ever been. I have, a, I have a pretty intense visual. Yeah, me too. I like um, it. I'm definitely going to have to go with John Guy Cochran. <laughs> <laughs> he comes jogging yeah, well, in. I thought it was going to be John Guy Cochran versus Guido DeMacy. <laughs> That's what I thought. That, that would have But I gotta go Burger King. Yeah, yeah. Why? I mean, he's just such a better mascot. His hilarious like face that never talks. It just clowns are creepy. Objectively, I know there's this new this new phase. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want the Burger King just to fucking crush him with crush him with his wallet. You know, (laughs) just like (laughs) I'll I'll say this: like Burger King catches. Ronald McDonald off guard. Right, because Burger King's sneaky. That's what I was... He's yeah. always like... Remember in the old commercials about they 10 years ago? Uh, they yeah. would just like... He would creep into the room like he was ninja-like. Yeah. He was so ninja-like. I feel like he's caught Ronald McDonald off guard. Yeah. So right. And he's already in an enclosure, and for some reason he's closed the top because he's an idiot. So really... He, he doesn't want to get caught. That's why he closed the he top. He doesn't want to get caught, but the Burger same King time, would have done the same thing. Burger I, King just would never get caught because he's too quiet. I Well, it dep- it's also two things. Number one... I feel like Ronald McDonald slaps, whereas, whereas <laughs> Burger King punches. But but no. also, if they have reinforcements, I don't know. If he's bringing in the Hamburglar, we got a different Grimace? story. Yeah. They're, like Grimace is a 400-pound purple piece of you yeah. know, hey, Grimace is a hook. Burger King has teamed up with the Cheetos Cheetah, and that guy is obviously up to no good if you've seen any of his commercials. He's nuts. Yeah. He's always doing some shenanigans. Yeah. 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 But, but I imagine like the, the Burger King's – the way I imagine it go down is Ronald tries to immediately get out. Burger King takes the lid, smashes it on his head, so it kind of like stuns him. But then Ronald still pops out the other side. They kind of because he's a clown. Because he's a clown. You know, he, he pops big, out of a different dumpster somehow. Yeah, somebody's yeah. like, oh, and yeah. he comes out, and they just start fighting. And I think I, I kind of with you on this one, Matt. Where Ronald, <laughs> slaps, we haven't man. seen it Ronald slaps. McDonald in years, so I think he's out of shape. Right. Yeah. He's Maybe not he's, as good. He takes up the. He's kind of like just like. He's kind of he's just the old he's Irish punching, fighting stance, and and the whole time he's just staring at the Burger King with that creepy grin that never goes away, and he starts Burger King's getting in his head, 
Burger yeah. King's getting in his head, or yeah. he's getting in Burger King's head? Burger King's head. getting in his, his, okay. in his, because he doesn't know. He doesn't say anything. There's nothing. He's punching or whatever, and then slowly Burger King just slips a knife out of his back and just just quickly just right, into, right into <laughs> Ronald's throat. Just With <laughs> no fight, Matt? Like, Ronald doesn't try to push it away. He just gives just, into it? He's that he's quick. Like, all right. He's just that quick. And then all of a sudden, you know, and he does it, and Burger King just, like, sits there silently smiling as Ronald's like... <laughs> and then he just puts... Burger King just quietly puts his hand over his mouth, puts okay. him down, takes the knife, throws it off into the woods, picks Ronald up. It's a Wendy's by, next, right next to a, yeah. a wooded area. Yeah, all right, yeah, Next to yeah. a family dollar, because that's where it would be. And then SMS assist, <laughs> big partner, family dollar. We love you guys. And uh, he puts him into the garbage, closes it, locks it, and then just walks away. Interesting. No, yeah, I'm having it. a hard time arguing against that's that. Because the only thing I was going to say was that while Burger King does have the sneak factor, and he's got that just again that just dead dead gaze. Yeah, Ronald being a clown. He's got to have a little insanity. Like he, I think he could go kind of berserker, <laughs> like where he just snaps and like all of a sudden it gets really trippy. So and here's like, the thing with Ronald: see a pencil disappear. Right, exactly. <laughs> like a little I bit do of that. A magic yeah. trick. I'm like, no, but here's the thing with Ronald though: Ronald saw all of his his brethren, his colleagues go to the dark side, but Ronald never went. He refused to go. Okay, he shut off that side, so he was always. For him, it was never he was never going to go that way. So when he fights, he doesn't know what he's doing. He's got Ronald McDonald's house. He's helping out sick kids. Uh, he's helping he people yeah. out. Yeah, you know? he's not he's not in it with that camp. So for him, he's like, "This is I got to figure out what's going on with Arby's, or we're go- that's it, we're out, we're out of the game." Yeah, and Burger King's just like, "I'll do, a- I'll partner with the fucking Cheetos guy, and we'll have chicken finger Cheetos." But you know, like. Burger King don't give a fuck. <laughs> so you're saying because Burger King is just innately more evil than McDonald's. Yeah. Burger King He's got a fucking knife in his yeah. back pocket. I, the thing, I don't think he has a knife. I think I think he strangles Ronald Do you? with his bare hands. Burger King seems like he doesn't need a weapon. He what would, if he takes off that like or his that, crown, maybe? I was gonna say, what if he takes off that medallion he's always wearing and just slowly slips it around Ronald's he's, neck he's, and just starts pulling? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever seen uh, Boardwalk Empire? No. Oh man, it's a great show. The last season's horribly disappointing, but if you yeah. if you like historical fiction, mm-hmm. the first four seasons are so good. And okay, I want this one character, this other character. Anyway, there's this crazy standoff at the end of the first season, and uh, it's um, and one of them just like ends up strangling the other one, just staring at him in the eyes the whole time. And I'm like, that's how I imagine <laughs> like, <laughs> with that expression, you know, like yeah. The, See, yeah. what I was imagining with the knife was the end of uh, Gladiator, where Russell Crowe oh, yeah. has like the knife. And Joaquin Phoenix is like, eh, yeah, eh, and then like the knife goes into his throat, and then he just shoves it in. He's just like, eh, eh, uh, Russell dies, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Joaquin Phoenix. It's funny because that movie was like, like I remember watching the fight scenes in that, and even Troy, mm-hmm. and being like enthralled by it. But now it just like doesn't even come close. To, like Game <laughs> of Thrones, like one yeah. episode, like you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It sucked because they they haven't aged terribly well with that sort yeah. of stuff. Yeah, not too much that Troy was just riddled with. Production problems yeah. the whole time. So yeah, but you see Wolf. Brad Pitt's ass immediately. Oh, oh my it's God. so oily and delicious. Uh, that was the first time I went to a movie yeah. and I actually heard other women and it like do like a man moment where like he he basically is like there with his rock hard abs and his oily and they all go oh <laughs> I never heard that before. I actually was like offended. Like hey, 
That's it's, Brad Pitt. We are. He is not a piece of meat. Yeah. And like when he climbed on top of the the girl, and everyone's like, "Oh, I wish I was." Hey, Doug's like, yeah. "Out, I'm out." He was in Fight Club. Show some respect, okay? And he looked amazing in that movie too. He did look good in that movie. You see his donger in that movie too. Uh, you very quickly. You don't very quickly. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, if you yeah, pause yeah. it if you pause it. Very quickly. You yeah. So Burger King up. wins. <laughs> Burger King awesome. Wins. All right, so speaking of dongers, Burger King uh wins. <laughs> and uh we did it, guys. We got through it. Matt, Together. thank you so much for oh, of course, uh, for man. coming, man. This Thanks is awesome, for having man. me. Yeah. This was really fun. Yeah, so uh, you got anything you want to promote? Any any way people can um, find you? Yeah, I mean, you can just add me on Facebook. I'm one of 12 Matt Bakers uh, <laughs> that you probably have a mutual friend with. Um, but uh, this past every Friday, I forgot to mention this earlier, the past every Friday I uh, hosted a and ran um, a storytelling show at the Public House Theater. Sure. Each week had a new theme, and that was really great. And now we're going to move to a month-to-month show. Oh, cool. Yeah, so there, um, there's that. It, we don't have a date yet, but that will be coming What's up. What's it called? Uh, wait, wait for realsies. Gotcha. Nice. Um, yeah, so... There's that. Um, my fa- improv team doesn't have a Facebook group because I just think those are annoying, like, to be honest. Sure. Um, so we just ran. We'll post pictures and have fun. But I also think no one, like, looks at an imp- like, improv team's Facebook page. It's like, yeah. I'm going like, to go to their shows. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you have an improv team page, I apologize. <laughs> no, that makes sense. Uh, uh, and, uh, yeah, uh, stand-up, uh, I'm doing the 27th. I'm doing a showcase at uh, just sticking around at the club called Hydrate in Boys Town, cool. um, which is a really fun room. So I'm excited for that. So those, that's kind of what I got coming up. Nice. You see, Eminem and M plays every Tuesday. Every, oh yeah, every Tuesday at Annoyance this month we hit, we'll be there. So we got two more Tuesdays. Cool. Um, and then uh, what else? What else? What else? Oh, and then if you're interested, you can go to SoundCloud and check out. And just type in Ed Norton. Here's a who. Yes, I recommend yeah. it. It's yeah. worth a listen. It's very good. Thank when you. this comes out, it'll be one Tuesday, I think. Yeah, it'll be one Tuesday left. Okay, yes. so, so get there. Yeah. yeah, get there. It's coming up. Last Tuesday went great. Yeah. Yeah. It did go pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, confidence is there. So I was excited. Yeah, but thanks so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Guys, you can find MindGap on Facebook, and we're also on Twitter, where we are rapidly approaching almost 30 followers. Right, I'm going to get a live count right now. I think what, we're at 26. Are we, at? are we at 26 still, I or did we pick up another one? Because I feel like I got might have gotten something that came through. Oh my God! You uh, you, oh you tell you tell them what happens if we hit thirty. If we hit thirty, guys. Uh, we're going to post more on Twitter. That's Doug the deal. will post three times a day. That's not true. Every day. I never agreed to that. Uh, twenty six. All right, we're still at twenty six, guys. We've been growing, guys. Just we just need four more, and Doug will post seven times a day. That's not true. I didn't agree to that. Also, uh, Justin. Actually, you can find us on Mind, on on Twitter at MindGap Podcast, and Justin has a website. You can find me online at justinstrandland.com. You can listen to this podcast, as well as the other one I do with Milos every Monday. It's called the Best Bar Podcast Ever, and it truly is. The best bar podcast it's ever. True. Uh, on Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat at Justin underscore Michael, spelled M I K E L. It's the fun way of spelling it. And while you're in the online realm, check us out on iTunes. Subscribe to us, review us, let us know if you have a topic you want us to cover, or if you think you've got uh, what it takes to sit at the guest table in the throne. In the throne and the do throne. A, a freestyle rap. That's right. I challenge anyone to come on. Yeah. And the freest- bar has been raised. <laughs> <laughs> set and raised at the same time. <laughs> I forgot to mention that, yeah, yeah, I got the coolest chair out of the three of us. So you got the you captain's chair. That's, that's what the that guests was, get, was, man. You know, that's guest treatment. You and want ice in the water. The <laughs> See? That's how you treat a guest. We treat them right. We'll fuck around in this podcast. Uh, also check out Two East Eighth Productions. It's twoeastaith.com and Two East Eighth on all social medias. Great. Matt, thanks again for being here. Thanks for having me. You're the best. Justin? Nice. Nice. Is that it? Is that all we're doing? Nice. Nice. Bye.